I have notes. Very important notes. And I see no reason to memorize them. <laughs> no reason. Whatever. I admire ministers who can come out there and do that. They've got a whole script. They write a whole script, and then they memorize it. And then they give it. And I, uh, I'm more off the cuff kind of guy. But there are, there are just certain facts and figures here that, I, that I'd like us all to have. So most of you know I've been doing a uh, Ancestors of New Thought series. And not everyone was a part of the New Thought movement, but they influenced the New Thought movement. This one is a very vital part of the New Thought movement, Ernest Holmes, who, uh, create, who pioneered the science of mind and religious science. And the science of mind technically is, science of mind is the, is the movement, uh, religious science are the centers, and now it's all centers for spiritual living. They changed it a few years ago because they felt that would be more inviting and people hearing science and they really didn't care for it. Uh, things change. At one time in the 30s, 20s, 30s, science was, oh, cool, that, uh, let me look into that. And uh, who was it? It was Mary Baker Eddy. All this stuff was called Christian science at one point. And then Mary Baker Eddy took it and she said, it's mine. Go get yourself something else. <laughs> Charles Fillmore, Unity's co-founder, Unity Magazine, was first called Christian Science. And then Mary Baker Eddy took it. <laughs> and so he had changed it to Unity Magazine. If you don't know, you know, I've told this so many times, but it's worth it. Charles Fillmore originally wanted to call Unity Change. Wouldn't that be fun? I'm going to change this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would go to change, because it's time. It's time. <laughs> so, uh, metaphysical meaning of science. Science, spiritual science. Science is the systematic and orderly arrangement of knowledge. Spiritual science, which is the orderly arrangement of the truths of being, does not always conform to intellectual standards. But it's still scientific. Spiritual science treats of absolute ideas, while mental science treats of limited thoughts. Now, it's, as I say, I've always, we're all spiritual scientists, so we put a little pinch of this in and a pinch of that in, in our thinking to see what we can manifest. Oh, maybe I'll, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll try some forgiveness. Put that in the pot. Not all, I'm not going to forgive everybody, but enough, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give something, and then I'll, then I'll read this book. Oh, I like this book. I'll put that in. You know, and then we see what we get as far as being powerful manifestors, healers, what have you. And, and then we get back usually a conglomeration of results because we, we mix a lot of thoughts and ideas into it, and we don't stick with the thought that we know to be true, and that, that's what happens there a lot. Now, Ernest Holmes, he taught new thought in a Christian context in his church. He, Ernest Holmes uh, came from a very poor family in Maine, the 1800s, I guess it would have been. And he, uh, he, he latched on, to, to, he went to school in Boston, latched on to uh, truth, T-R, capital T-R-U-T-H. He went through Mary Baker Eddy's uh, courses and what have you. And, and he, he wanted to know more. And so he kept studying it, and then he started teaching it. And the primary teaching of new thought, so you know, is that, is that physical form is created by a universal mind, or God, uh, which manifests or literally reflects 
the dominant belief system of all living persons. In his book, The Science of Mind, Holmes described this God force as follows. This is where I need to really read it. There is a universal mind, spirit, intelligence that is the origin of everything. Let's pay attention to that. There is the origin of everything. Every single thing. Uh, it is first cause. It is God. This universal life and energy finds an outlet in and through all that is energized and everything that lives. See, that's we're all consciously or unconsciously connected. It's, it is a group consciousness. And that's why when you ask, how could this happen? Whatever this happens to be. And this is how there, we, it's a group consciousness that is thinking a lot of different thoughts and ways of doing things. One could seek to manifest through prayer and divine intelligence. And another could seek to manifest by saying, this is mine and I'm going to take it. I don't have enough. I don't know how to make it, buy it, so I'm going to steal it. So there's another thought. Now we got two thoughts. Through prayer and divine manifestation, another, it's mine. Another, I must kill you to get it. So another, I must knock you down on the street to get it. And then there's the other, I can't have it. It must be God's will that I be poor. It must be God's will that I be sick. It must be God's will that I be hungry. So there's another set of thoughts going into, it, into the whole big mix of a group consciousness. And that is why we, us, as individuals and as a collective consciousness, need to lift up our thoughts. Let there be peace in earth and let it begin with me. We need to lift up our thoughts to the highest. It's how new thought came, came into being and became very popular at a certain point because people realized, oh, there is good for me. It's always been here. I just haven't seen it because I haven't believed I could. I didn't believe my good existed. Well, why didn't I believe it? Well, my grandmother told me it wasn't here. You know, I grew up with a statement, and my grandmother loved me, but she had a statement that said, uh, money's your best friend and there's not enough of it. It's what she was taught. It's not that she was an awful person. She really was. My grandmother was wonderful. But, but that was her thought. So anything that she acquired, she was quite grateful for, but didn't believe she could acquire more. And I felt she was, you know, luck was a word that was used around our house. And, and so things, things like that. But there was no divine consciousness. She might have had some around her grandsons that these boys can do, can do a lot. I know she believed I could. I was the youngest, so I was at home with her the most. And I, she told me I, could, I was going to be able to do a lot. She didn't know how, but I don't think she expected this. <laughs> and there's a lot of this that she didn't expect. <laughs> uh, nobody did in my family. Uh, but I, I don't know that anyone would have a problem with it uh, at this point. It's a very different religion than what they had. But I, my, what, my, what I give my family credit for is as I 
I was around 16 or 17, really, when I started, started deciding for myself that I was allowed to be happy and that I was allowed to love my family and that I was allowed, and they didn't have to participate. And what they saw was I started drawing to me new kinds of people. People that at first glance, they would have said, you can't be with those people. You know, they're way too old for you and they're this and they're that. But then they started to say, oh, Sean's happy. Sean hasn't been happy in a long time. Maybe there's more to this than meets the eye. I mean, I'll tell you, my, my mother was not allowed to date a Catholic. My grandfather's motto was, you don't marry, you don't date one, you don't marry one. We, my family was very prejudiced about other religions, around, around other cultures. And, uh, and so when I got together at 18 with someone, an Italian Catholic, no less, and I started having a great life. And of all things, when we got a home together, suddenly his mother and aunt were there with my grandparents and my mother for Christmas. We all started celebrating Christmas night together. And my brothers came and their girlfriends and things changed because I said so. And they came along for the ride. And when they came along for the ride, they changed. And that's what I witnessed. But I was okay if they didn't. And his mother and aunt came along for the ride. You know, everybody came along for the ride. And, uh, and we had a nice ride, I gotta tell you, for a long time. It's, things were different. Uh, but when they decided, oh, maybe I was wrong. Or maybe they like this, but I, decided for myself that I it had to become different. I wasn't going to survive if I didn't shift. If I didn't decide I'm allowed to be happy and I don't have to wait for conditions to change to be happy. Do we understand that? I don't need the highways to be different. I don't need any politician to be different. I don't need the end of war forever. Because if you've read your Bible, you know war has been going on since the beginning of time in one form or another, even on a large scale or in individual homes or in individual minds. So many people we know, they're at war with themselves. And, uh, and they're, they're living in it. And they don't have to. And so people like Ernest Holmes and Charles and Myrtle Fillmore and a lot of the other ancestors of New Thought, they decided none of these people we're talking about that I'm aware of had more time and money on their hands than they knew what to do with and they just wanted to do a little service. No, they, they, these New Thought was created from, from, from the people who were sick and dying, from the people who were lame, from the people who were weak, and they heard a spark of something from someone, because they all heard different things. There's a great book called Spirits in Rebellion by uh, Braden's his last name, I've gone blank on his first name, uh, that, that talk about the, these ancestors of new thought and what happened with them, that they all of a sudden they heard something and they started showing up and suddenly they started getting well. Limbs that were shortened, extended on the body. Uh, Age-old chronic illnesses vanished. 
For some overnight, for others it took a while, but they became practitioners of spirit. They became practitioners of having a new thought about sickness, about wellness, new thought about the world they lived in, a new thought about their families and that history. And then some of them got all fouled up again and got selfish with it and stingy and, uh, no, it's mine, you can't have this. Because they were so afraid of that somebody would take their spiritual movement away from them. Uh, well, one new thought, right? I mean, it's, it's famous, Mary Baker Eddy. When Emma Curtis Hopkins, who we will talk about in a few weeks, uh, started writing in praise of other writers while she worked for Mary Baker Eddy, she was fired. <laughs> she was not allowed to do that. You praise Mary Baker Eddy. Mary Baker Eddy, she had her own way. She had her own book. I think it's Science and Health. Yeah. She had her own book. That's the book. And all the churches must do the same lesson on the same day every day. And that's it's the way it worked. For a lot of people thrived. A lot of people prospered with that. A lot of people got well. So who am I to trash that? But it, it does seem foolish that you wouldn't allow for a progression of spiritual understanding, an expansion of spiritual understanding within, you know, what is God? Uh, does anybody here have the same God they had when they were a child? <laughs> One of the most frustrating things in me in my early spiritual journey was every time I thought I knew what God was, God went and changed on me. God got bigger. You know, finally, there was no box in my mind to contain God. And then, there was no box in my mind to contain me. Still working on you. <laughs> uh, but, but to look at that. So, uh, let me see here. Where are Mr. Mr. Holmes says, uh, Holmes argued that human beings have access to the power of this universal mind how? By directing their thoughts. Are you aware that you direct your thoughts in certain directions? If you're not, pay attention. Listen up, people. Listen to me. Uh, <laughs> you direct your thoughts in certain directions and you get results of that, whether you do it consciously or not. So, we can have healings by directing our thoughts in certain directions in the if you if you want to manifest this you must direct your thought in this direction if you want wellness you must direct your thought in wellness and put thoughts of sickness aside it's just the way that it is as far as i'm concerned you may have another way and if you're successful at directing your thoughts in direction of sickness and wellness and you're well good for you but if you're not, try this way. Try the way of so many of our ancestors who experienced great wellness and they saw the difference when they forgot. They saw the difference. They paid attention. They observed. And so and Mr. Holmes says, Experience has taught us that the subjective tendency of this intelligent law of creative force may consciously be directed and definitely used, and definitively used. Uh, this is the greatest history uh, or discovery of all time. In his book, The Science of Mind, Holmes explains how it is possible to direct this power by controlling one's thoughts. A sustained belief in a particular outcome will invariably create that outcome. 
In other words, he calls it good events, proceed from a belief in good. Evil events proceed from a belief in evil. In the science of mind, Holmes emphasized the importance of only focusing on good. Many, many times in ministry over the years, I've been asked, but Sean, don't you believe that just some people are evil? And I said, no, I don't. I know some people really behave horribly, absolutely horribly. And they are so forgetful that, of, that anyone, including themselves, is a divine being. They have forgotten it. But I, I go back to uh, what a teacher of mine taught me years ago when I was talking, telling her about my last death father. And she said, yeah, but where uh, man has uh, placed, uh, what is it? Man has done it for evil. You know, where what man has done for evil, God has done for good. If you, you have to, the solution is in the problem. And we don't want to look at the problem sometimes. Oh, it's too scary to look at the problem. But if I can look straight at the problem, and then I can say, hmm, okay, this is where the solution is. I'm willing to see it, or am I? So I we don't mean to, but we become entrenched, entranced. We become charmed by our problem. The problem we see, we get a little high from it. We get a buzz. And then we got to call somebody and talk about it. About how awful this is. And you, can you believe he or she is doing this? And then this is happening. And then this. And I thought, oh, you get off the phone. You're exhausted. But all buzzed up. And convinced of the absence of God. Convinced of the absence of good in this occasion. Some of you have heard this story before. Years ago, I, I went to Atlantic City one day by myself. It, I, I used to go a lot in early healing days because it, it was inexpensive and fun. Uh, but this one day, I hadn't been anything like that in a long time. And I, but I went for a day and you know, spent the night. And I remember I, was, I hadn't walked like that. I didn't live in New York anymore, so I didn't walk all the time. But I remember, oh my gosh, as I was walking at a certain point, oh, I got a cramp. I'm, and it's, oh my God, this hurt, like hurts, this hurts so much. And I, and I thought about it, I thought, but wait a minute, I could change my mind. <coughs> this leg does not hurt. And I started to walk normally. I walked, it, there was no pain whatsoever. And I thought, where did the pain go? Oh, I found it. Uh, <laughs> but when I heard people, oh, I need to go call somebody and talk about this pain. You won't believe how much my leg hurts walking around this boardwalk today. I'm not doing anything special. Ow, 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 ow. And, and, just, <coughs> and so to look at this, oh, I became charmed by the pain. I developed an identity or an identification with the pain. That's why at uh, 16, 17 years old, I decided I didn't want to identify with the pain anymore. I didn't want to feel unloved by my family anymore. I didn't want to feel unloved in the world anymore. I didn't want to feel unloved by my body. So I, I, I hadn't studied any of this at that point. I just knew there, there's, there's a way. There is, there is a way. And I, I had an awareness of God. I had a relationship with a God at that point that I, I prayed. I prayed to back then instead of from. Uh, but... I just knew things. I knew certain things. 
I couldn't tell you how I knew them, but I knew them. And I believe we all know them. You know, we, we know certain things. And uh, we may work with them some days, and other days we don't work with them. And we tell ourselves, oh, but I don't, I don't want to know this. It's like when Edwin Gaines, I, I tried the 21 days of no complaining. And after day four, I said, I want to complain. I was charmed with my... Who here is charmed by their opinions? <laughs> you know, oh, I want to talk about this. I, I think, yeah, but I think this. Yeah, but you didn't hear me. I think this. I know you think that, but I think this. And this is more important. Why? Because I'm the one thinking it. And you didn't hear me. I know I didn't hear you, but I wasn't listening. I, you're not. <laughs> and so we have to listen. And we get over here. This is good, too. Never look at that which you do not wish to experience. And it's a tough one. It truly is a hard one to do. And when you leave here, even now, while you're sitting here, don't argue with me. My head, in your head, don't, don't, don't say, yeah, but Sean, I can't do that. You know, this is the other way to do it. Go within. Pray. Ask your highest voice what is the truth and what Sean is saying. Don't try to fight me, though, when I'm talking about wellness and the possibility of full joy, full prosperity, full health and well-being, and a full relationship with a loving God that can't not love you. A lot of times we get experience of pain and we say, I'm not loved. Uh, we, this morning I got into my car and I banged my knee on the, under the steering wheel. For a moment I felt unloved <laughs> and, and an absence of God. <laughs> and then I laughed. I laughed because I know that's not possible. There could never be an absence of God, even though I hurt. I have, a, I have a body. Last week we talked about Buddha. Buddha said, life in a body is going to be painful. Just accept it and get on with the business of, be, of enlightenment. And so we, well, a lot of us have had really wonky parents. You know, a lot of us have had parents that just didn't seem to have a clue that they were loved at all. How do I know that? Because they didn't seem to love me. And, and so, I want to forgive that. I want to experience forgiveness that my parents didn't know how wonderful I was. Because they didn't tell me how wonderful I was. I had a grandmother who told me how wonderful I was, thank goodness. I'm very blessed like that. Not everybody has that. And I had a great healing with my mother in the last five years of her life. And, uh, and so not everybody gets that blessing. I did. and Because I called it forth. Again, I wanted to love my mother. That was important to me. And I've had other friends that I not, you know, a really iffy relationship. And I said, I want to love these people. Spirit, how do we go about healing this relationship so that I don't have to think thoughts of lack about them anymore or resentment? And it's an ongoing process. If any of you have ever attempted forgiveness work, I'm sure you still have something in your wheelhouse that needs forgiving. But remember, we don't do the actual forgiving. We create an experience, an environment to have the experience of forgiveness. Mr. Holmes says, 
Never look at that which you uh, do not wish to experience. No matter what the false condition may be, it must be refuted. The proper kind of denial is based upon the recognition that, in reality, there is no limitation. For mind can as easily make a planet as an acorn. The infinite knows no difference between a million dollars and a penny. It only knows that it is. In order to get results, Holmes emphasized that it was necessary to think one specific thought with complete certainty. If one is continually thinking different thoughts, the universal mind will not have a dominant belief that it can manifest or create in the physical world. Holmes explained this idea in his book, Creative Mind. And he said, so plastic is mind, so receptive that the slightest thought makes an impression upon it. People who think many kinds of thought must expect to receive a confused manifestation in their lives. If a gardener plants a thousand kinds of seeds, he will get a thousand kinds of plants. And it is the same in mind. I like that analogy. That made a lot of sense because all our thoughts are seeds. Now, the Unity Movement, it was founded by Charles and Myrtle Fillmore in 1889 as a healing ministry. I want to explain the difference between the two. And it, it was based on the power of prayer and the power of our thoughts to create our own reality. The Fillmore's regarded Jesus as the great example rather than the great exception. Interpreted the Bible metaphysically and taught that God is present within all of us. Science of Mind was established in 1927 by Ernest Holmes and is a spiritual, philosophical, uh, and metaphysical religious movement within the New Thought movement. In general, the term science of mind applies to the teachings, while the term religious science applies to the organizations. And often they just get mixed up between the two. So, the major difference today is that Center for Spiritual Living, what religious science is now known for, has ongoing classes that lead adherent to a point of being licensed practitioners ready to start ministerial classes. Unity has something similar to become licensed Unity teachers, but it is not as in-depth as religious science <coughs> classes. Those practitioner classes, they're very specific, and they're in a or specific order, whereas Unity is a, little, a lot more random about, about it all. And uh, I'll be honest, I think you get a bit more thorough education to become a religious science uh, practitioner. But I still, I, so, some people feel religious science is rather cool and unity is all hearts and flowers. <laughs> I wanted the hearts and flowers. <laughs> I, I, I have experienced both and I, I, I found more joy in unity. I found it more fun in unity. The, at least the ones, I, the religious science services I've been to have not been my favorite. Let's put it that way. Uh, but... That's not to negate what it is. They both believe in healing as a divine possibility. Uh, unity is considered more Christian, even though it's, it's really not. Because it uses Jesus. That doesn't make it Christian. It uses Jesus as a way shower, teacher, not a deity. Uh, I'm going to close with this. Ernest Holmes named the teaching a science because he believed that its principles 
were scientifically provable in practice. He wrote, I would rather see a student of this science prove its principle than to have him repeat all the words of wisdom that have ever been uttered. That's what we're here for. Unity, religious science, any of the new thought churches, it's to prove. Prove God now. Prove principle now. Prove love now. Prove truth now. Prove wisdom now. Anybody can get up here and quote a book. Some of us can memorize them and then quote them. That doesn't make us a practitioner. That doesn't let us prove any principle true. Do you know what proves principle true? Proving principle true. It's very simple. It's too simple for some people. But imagine if you're the one. Let there be peace on earth. And let it begin with you and me. Let it begin. Let life begin. These people in our uh, history, in our new thought history, they wanted to prove life now. They wanted to know more about life and how they could manifest it in an amazing way. That they didn't have to be sick. That they didn't have to wither and die. But they could live life and live life more abundantly by their choice. By their choosing it. And that's why we keep coming back to unity. At least it's why I keep coming back. Because I want to know how to choose life and choose it more abundantly because I can. Thank you.